0: Welcome to another episode of our series from Strange Loop 2022. We have with us today uh, Robert Martin, probably well known as Uncle Bob, uh, a long time now, like in the software engineering community. Um, uh, how are you doing, Bob? Today? I'm doing very well, thank you. This oh. is my first time at Strange Loop. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've I've always wanted
1: to come. There's always been something in the way, and this is the first time I managed to grab a day. And flew down here just just to be here at at the booth. I did booth duty, and I'm going to flit out (laughs) of here. Well, okay. Um, How do you find the vibe of the
0: conference? Well,
1: you know, you can imagine locking everybody away for two years, not letting them go to conferences, and then all of a sudden you open the doors, and all these people who have not been to a conference for two years find themselves back in heaven, and uh, the
0: pent-up energy has been tremendous. Yeah. Good. So, um <laughs> it's not been a secret that you've been uh, promoting closure yes for a long time now. And there
1: are three co- three companies so far that are closure companies.
0: Yeah. that I've just randomly run into. And yeah, that's a great thing because we are also like doing closure consultancies. We are doing closure yeah. left right so that's very good to know. Um I just wanted to maybe understand why there isn't yet a clean coders book with closure of Should we Should we assume that closure is a clean language already? <laughs> uh,
1: let's see. You can make a mess in closure pretty easily, just like you can in any language. There, there is no clean closure book uh, at the moment, although I am in the midst of writing a book that might qualify.
0: Oh, that's good news. A functional programming book that uses closure for its examples that's good news um is it already known when this book was going to be available? Well,
1: you know uh, I figure uh, you ask a programmer when it's going to be done and <laughs> but I, I I would like it to be done and published
0: sometime next year okay. so the book is about functional programming yes, and closure is a functional program closure is uh, the language of of explanation um do you think that Functional programming in general requires the same level of discipline that you have been advocating with uh, craftsmanship uh, as other languages or as other paradigms. Or is there a, a relationship or a difference, uh, Closure, Java, or other languages in terms of discipline that you have to find? I don't think so. Um, there, are different,
1: there are different flavors of discipline in every language. But software in general is a disciplined approach. And if you don't apply discipline to the approach overall, you're going to make a mess somewhere. Doesn't matter if it's OO, doesn't matter if it's functional, doesn't matter if it's structured. You can make a mess if you don't have disciplines. If you don't apply those disciplines. The disciplines in a language like closure, functional programming kinds of disciplines are a little different. My preference is to not pick a particular paradigm. You know, functional. Everything is going to be functional now. And object-oriented is just so out of date. I don't, I don't buy that argument. Right. For me, all the paradigms merge together. Everything I do is partially structured, partially object-oriented, partially functional. I like to mix them. And I find that there is no mutual exclusion. They work well together as long as you apply the disciplines at the same time.
0: Can you do um, object-oriented programming with something like Clojure or in a functional program. Yes,
1: yeah, so you, you can easily do object-oriented programming in Clojure because Clojure gives you at least two different modes of dynamic polymorphism, yeah. two different ways to gather uh, functions and data together into what we would traditionally call objects. It's just that those objects aren't mutable if you, if you are a strictly disciplined functional programmer. But they're still objects. Yeah, you can still call methods on them. You can still manipulate
0: uh, a network of object-like things. Even if they are immutable, so it means at least they are not changing. So if you need new state, you're going to need a new object. Yeah, if you need new state, you need a new object. But that's easily done,
1: especially in languages like closure, which have the um, the persistent data structures that allow you to create new data structures from old ones by Intense sharing and very, very clever
0: usage of linked lists. <laughs> would you suggest somebody starting in programming uh, these days to use Clojure? Or what would you suggest? What would be the preferred way to be introduced to programming if you've never done that? This is a problem that people have been trying to solve
1: for many decades. How, how do you introduce programming to young people? And they've tried using special languages like logo, and they've tried using small talk, and they've tried coming up with very specific things like Lego mindstorms. Nothing works. The only thing that works is for the young person to have a little bit more than interest. I want to call it passion, but it's not quite passion. Somehow the young person must somehow see a future, I don't know, this may be happened to you. It certainly happened to me, right? Where I saw a computer program as primitive as possible. And I realized that the potential was enormous. I was 12 years old and I realized the potential was enormous and it completely consumed me and and consumes me to this day. I think there are people who get consumed like that. And any language you show them is going to work. You could start them with C. You could start them with COBOL. It doesn't matter. They will catch the bugs. Then there are other people who, it doesn't matter what language you show them, they're just not going to be interested at all. Okay. So I don't, although I would not object to teaching closure as a first language, I don't think it's the key.
0: Okay. Okay. At least, well, I've, I've been doing this with my son. Uh, I hope that as, at least it's going to give you an idea that beyond what he's going to learn at school, there are other things that normally are not taught at school. So at least in that sense, it offers like a comparison between things.
1: My son, Micah, you know Micah, right? I taught him how to program when he was young. He he could not care less. Yeah, I'm not interested, Dad. No, I don't want to know that. And then in high school, he got a, a programmable calculator and he didn't tell me about it. And then he wrote a blackjack program and he showed it to his friends and his friends wanted a copy of it. And all of a sudden he was a successful purveyor of software and he
0: caught the bug that way, without my help. Oh, yeah. I hope that <laughs> happens also to me, to my family. I mean, that would be good. Um, so doing something with our clients, we often go and we help them with the projects and ideas. And we often hear that they are doing Agile. What, how do we need to interpret this?
1: <laughs> the word Agile has grown to have any meaning anyone wants to give in. Uh, so if someone says they're doing Agile, you have to dig very deep into what they mean by that. And you can start by asking simple questions like, well, do you mean Scrum? Although the word Scrum has also grown to have just about any meaning. But you can drill down a little more and you say, well, okay, what is your sprint size? What's your iteration size? Is it, is it uh, two weeks? Is it one week? The smaller, the better. The smaller the iteration, the more they're doing agile. Then you can start asking things like, well, what is the velocity of your team? And if they can't answer that question, they're not doing agile. You can ask, Are you, do you have a graph? on the wall with the with the velocity of your team over time and if they say no well then they're not really doing agile very well although maybe they're doing it a little bit then you get into the guts of it you say okay what are the engineering practices here are you doing test driven development oh no we don't do that not agile uh are you doing pair programming Mm, no we don't like to do pair programs probably not very agile that's how I would dig into that problem. do I wrote a book not too long ago called Clean Agile, where I make this point over again, you know, 20 years after the manifesto. And I said, okay, look, I think we all need a reset again. The word has become meaningless. Let's give the word a meaning again. And I described, essentially, I described
0: the, the uh, tenets of extreme
1: programming.
0: Yeah. So it looks like, at least from your point of view, Going back to the original extreme programming principles would be the
1: best. Yes, I think, I think extreme programming is the best defined agile methods and the most successful of them all. The, the, the scrum shops that were really successful, that are really successful, incorporate an awful lot of the extreme programming principles. Right. Test-driven development, pair programming, mop programming, simple design, good planning game, decent velocity. You know, I think those things are very important. Yeah. Um, so you've been involved in software for how long? Oh God. Um, I wrote my first code when I was 12. I am now 69. So what is that 57 years?
0: Let's say 57 years. (laughs) So what is the future of programming in the next 57 years? I think that's a really interesting question.
1: I grew up and most of my 57 years. We're at a time when the hardware was going through exponential growth. Yeah. So, I, you know, I started out on on machines like a PDP-8, which had a cycle time of three quarters of a megahertz, you know, 750 kilohertz clock rate. And we thought that was really fast. It had 4K of core. Oh, you know, a lot of memory. You could get a disk drive, but nobody did. You know, we, and we programmed it on paper tape with a 10-character-per-second uh, a teletype. And I lived through this crazy growth period, this nutty, nutty growth period, where the the power of the machines has grown by 20 orders of magnitude or more. But that stopped. Yeah. That stopped. It stopped in 2003. The hardware has not been getting much better. What's going to happen to the software? Now, there's this momentum everybody was on this exponential growth curve. So they, they wanted to continue, they can seal it, right? There's this emotion that says, we must get better. We must get better. And the hardware just went off on a plateau. And you can watch the software guys trying to drive the exponential curve. Well, we need a new language. We need Kotlin, we need rust, we need dirt, we need, we need, we <laughs> need, and there's no way to get better. You watch the new languages come out. You say, well, I saw that language 30 years ago or at least something that was an awful lot like it, right? So there's this spin and this churn that I think has to slow down. And then as it slows down and we programmers realize that we're on a plateau and that plateau is going to reach for decades, we will reduce the number of languages because what else are you going to do? Reduce the number of languages down to a core,
0: and I hope closure sits very squarely in that core. Hopefully so. Yeah, Lisp has been in that core for many, many years, right? <laughs> Sixty plus. Yes. So we hope it's still there. Right? Yes. Yeah. We're not talking about new technologies here anymore. Um, yes. Is anything like any new projects, new things you've been doing lately that people don't know maybe about that you want to mention? I have been working on a tool.
1: I'm writing it in closure. Uh, and it's called More Speech, oh. and it is a client, a social networking client, for a protocol named nostr N-O-S-T-R, yes. oh, and- which is a censorship-free protocol. Peer-to-peer, uh, no central servers, no central anything, uh, just a way for people to communicate without the burden of having Facebook decide that their posts aren't proper or or the need to fact check them or anything like that. So yeah. that's what I've been, been working on. And are you doing this for fun or is it... Oh, yeah, pure hub? fun. Okay. Yeah, there's no no uh, monetary motive involved. I'm just using closure to hack away at something fun and see if other people want to use it. It's on, like it's on public somewhere? Yeah, it's on GitHub. Okay. GitHub slash Bob slash
0: more speech. Pretty okay. easy to find. Okay. Well, we'll mention that in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Good, it good else to talk about. to you, um, it was a pleasure meeting you again. Like after so many Yeah, years, it was a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, maybe, that I, I'm, i like, I have to thank you for part of my career or, like, my current career. I've been infected with test-driven development since that day, so that is probably due to your books what? and your presence. So. Anyway, it's working well for me, at least. I'm not saying that everyone should do it, but I'm saying that it's still working well for me. I'm still infected, so thank you for that. Thank you for coming in with us. uh, What a lot of fun, back at a conference for after years. Okay, cool, so enjoy your next conference if you're leaving now, and uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you. you. Okay, very good.